Welcome to The Wrap, a weekly podcast about women's sports news and the big stories. Every episode, we'll cover what's happened over the weekend, a favourite story, and what to watch in the coming week. My name is Chloe Dalton. I'm an Olympic gold medalist in rugby sevens and an AFLW player. I'm joined by my co-host, Millie Dawson. Millie is an athlete manager who works with some of Australia's top female athletes. Hey Mills, how are you? Hello, Chloe. How are you going? I'm good, thank you. I want to get this recording over and done with so we can go and watch more of the swimming. I know, I'm excited to watch tonight. What's been your fave so far? Definitely Emma McKeon opening up the first night with that Australian record. Mm. Um, Awesome to see, getting the qualification done early. Yeah, nice. I'm sure that's um, a big feeling of joy and relief before. (laughs) As Gianna Gianna Rooney many times. Many times. Um, Yeah, awesome to see um, some incredible racing on Saturday night. I loved seeing... Ellie Cole back in the pool, who was on season one of TFAP. I'm big. I'm a big fan of Ellie Cole. Big fan. I said I commented on her Instagram photo. Her arms were looking swole. She's so fit. She's fit as. She killed it. Um, in the S9 category, her and Lucky Patterson out there killing it in the pool. Mills, what have we got coming up? Coming up on today's episode, we'll be joined by Sarah Naguama, a member of the Australian Wallaroos and the New South Wales Waratahs, who are prepping for their first game of the Super W season this weekend against rivals, the Queensland Reds. But first, let's take a look around the grounds. In rowing, 38 rowers have been named in the Olympic team, including qualifications across the women's double skull, quadruple skull, pair four and eight. The team who includes two-time World Cup medalist Amanda Bateman and debutante Georgie Rowe, who set a number of indoor rowing World Cup records in 2019 and 2020. I actually got to interview Georgie on a panel recently. She's a local Northern Beaches girl, and I'm stoked for her that she made the team. In rugby league, exciting news for the NRLW this week with the confirmation that the 2021 season will consist of six teams and increase from four last season. There will be three new teams taking the field when the competition kicks off in August. Newcastle, Parramatta and the Gold Coast will join inaugural teams, three-time champions Brisbane, St. George Illawarra and the Sydney Roosters. The New Zealand Warriors, uh, who pulled together a team last season despite COVID restrictions, have unfortunately withdrawn from season 2021, but with the NRLW considering a further expansion in 2022 to eight teams, it's hoped that the Warriors can rejoin the comp sooner, sooner rather than later. I love this. We talked about this a little while ago, Mills, and yeah. I'm stoked that the NRLW or the NRL are actually putting these things in place to keep growing the game. Yeah, absolutely. In Netball, Netball Australia has appointed Kelly Ryan as their new chief executive. Ryan has a strong marketing background and has worked uh, with the Gold Coast Suns and Western Bulldogs AFL clubs. And most recently, she was an executive member of Marvel Stadium in Docklands, which won the International Stadium of the Year. The new CEO of Netball Australia is well aware of the role netball plays for females in Australia and noted, importantly, I'm the mother of two young daughters and am proud to now lead a sport with a mission to help young women and girls to shine by building their confidence and connecting their communities. This is awesome. Yeah, I love that. I love seeing um, more women be put in positions of leadership in sport as well. I think it's, um, yeah, great. I agree. In soccer. On Friday morning, the Matildas went down 3-2 to Denmark, who are currently ranked 16th in the world. The Denmark match saw the return of defenders Ellie Carpenter and Steph Catley, who joined experienced midfielders Tamika Yallop and Kaya Simon, who also returned to the starting lineup. The Matildas showed impressive fight in the second half with a late comeback highlighted by Mary Fowler. 
netting her first international goal. But Fowler's goal and a stoppage time Claire Polkinghorne header were not enough to recover from a rough 10 minutes in the first half, during which the Matildas conceded three goals, two of them from the boots of green and gold defenders. It was, however, an improved performance from the Matildas, albeit a disappointing way to celebrate Emily Van Egmond's 100th cap. She's only the eighth Matilda to actually receive 100 caps, so congratulations, Emily. With the Tokyo Olympics around the corner, the Matildas have one more chance to win as they take on world number five Sweden on Wednesday the 16th of June. Super important match for our ladies who will meet Sweden in their pool matches in Tokyo. In diving, the 2021 National Championships and Tokyo Olympic Games selection trials took place last week. Melissa Wu claimed the national title in the women's 10-metre platform, securing her ticket to her fourth Olympic Games in Tokyo. Mel was also the recipient of the Diving Australia Endeavour Award. Then over to cliff diving. After 21 months without a competition, the first event of the 2021 Red Bull Cliff Diving World Series returned in St. Raphael, France. Aussie Rhiannon Ifflin showed us once again why she is the queen of the sport, completing an incredible dive off the 27-metre platform to take the win, 63 points clear of second place. In this World Series, this was her ninth victory in a row across three seasons. Nine in a row. That's, that's very good. I watch her dive and, look, I am not the greatest with heights, so I don't know how the heck she does that. That's very impressive. And finally, in AFLW, wrapping up a kind of surprising trade period, Vivian Side from North Melbourne went to the Gold Coast Suns. Taylor Harris ended up at the Melbourne Demons. Jess Dalpos went from the Giants to Carlton. And at the very last minute, Jess Hosking went to join her twin, Sarah Hosking, at the Richmond Tigers. During free agency, Alison Downey from Carlton has been picked up by Collingwood. With a couple of surprise delistings, uh, Rochelle Rocky Cranston from Geelong and Phoebe Monaghan from Richmond, who was actually second in the club's best and fairest in 2020. There was also an additional trade that uh, happened last week. Mm-hmm. Producer Bailey, cue um, some clapping <laughs> for our um, very own Chloe Dalton, who has traded from Carlton to the GWS Giants here in Sydney. I, for one, am absolutely stoked that I'm not losing you back to Melbourne because I am not emotionally prepared for that. (laughs) I'm very happy you'll be staying in Sydney and I'm excited um, to watch you play for the Giants. I'm so excited about this. I got to go into the club last week and um, meet some of the key people there, met with the coach and and the captain, Alicia Eva. Um, I can't wait. It's just so nice to be staying home at Sydney and the fact that you guys can now come and watch us play footy. So good. I'm so I'm going to be one of those like full blown AFL like all decked out in the merch. Gotta I'm do expecting it. that every week, Millie. Yeah, I'll be there. I can't wait. <laughs> now it's time for the key story. Australian Olympic swimmer Maddie Groves took to Instagram to say that she's made the decision to not compete at the Olympic trials in Adelaide. Not long after, she reshared her post on Twitter with the caption. Let this be a lesson to all misogynistic perverts in sport and their bootlickers. You can no longer exploit young women and girls, body shame or medically gaslight them and then expect them to represent you so you can earn your annual bonus. Time's up. Whoa. So there's been a lot of talks since that's come out. Obviously, there's been a lot of comments about it, a lot of speculation. Um, there've been a couple of tweets from last year. So she actually raised some concerns on Twitter last year 
um, she tweeted about the fact that someone had stared at her in a really inappropriate way and that she'd actually made a complaint about it, but nothing had been done. She then, after the tweet, I think the people within the swimming body actually then went to work to find out what had gone down. So she thought, she then tweeted, whoa, guys, this may have worked. Next time your complaints fall on deaf ears, try tweeting about it. In an Instagram post on Friday, she also expressed concerns about body shaming. My decision to withdraw is partly because there's a pandemic on, but mostly it's the culmination of years of witnessing and benefiting from a culture that relies on people ignoring bad behavior to thrive. I need a break. Swimming Australia Chief Executive Alex Bauman said that Swimming Australia had reached out to Groves this week, but she had not responded. Swimming Australia will set up an independent panel to investigate issues relating to the experiences of women and girls in the sport. The panel will be led by Swimming Australia Director Tracy Stockwell, who said she did not think that swimming had a problem with women. Tracy stated, we've made a lot of improvements, but we need to do a little bit more looking into this to see what the issues are. Are there issues and what do we do moving forward to protect our athletes? When we have any accusations of misbehavior or inappropriate behavior, we take that very seriously. My question here is, they've said they're going to set up an independent panel, but then it's being led by the Director of Swimming Australia. Yes, like this, I don't understand that either. I, from what I understand as an independent panel, is that they're completely independent from the mm. organization. Um, obviously, amazing that they um, are looking into this. It's going to be, from what they know, it's going to be an all female panel. Yeah. Um, but I'm a bit uh, confused by the fact that, yeah, the, the director, Tracy, is going to be leading this panel um, when it's meant to be independent. Yeah, interesting. And she's also said, um, because of the fact that Maddie hasn't come forward, they also need to look at their complaints process because this whole, the way it's all blown up, I think a big part of it has been the fact that Maddie has made these tweets and, and comments on social media and then Swimming Australia have said, we're trying to get in touch with her, but Maddie's not responding. So I think there's something that's happened here where, and obviously I can't speak on behalf of Maddie, but it, it seems to be that Maddie may have attempted to make complaints in the past and no action has been taken from it. And she's come to realize maybe the only way I can actually draw some attention to this is through social media. So hoping that through this, this investigation that they work out what's going on and, and hoping that um, Maddie's okay during this whole process too. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's so important, no matter how these complaints get raised, like it's so important to um, for women or for anyone in general to know that their voice will be heard um, in situations like this. And yeah, as you said, I, I really hope Maddie um, is okay and that she can get the, um, any help she needs and that Swimming Australia um, do this justice um, and, and look into this um, appropriately. And obviously I'm, I'm super bummed for her that she um, not only from that, but also due to the pandemic, felt like she had to pull out of the Olympic trials. Um, I, I know that would have been a really, really difficult decision for any elite athlete to make that make that kind of call. So, yeah, really f- um, feeling for Maddie at the moment. Now it's time for the presser. This weekend sees the first round of the Build Corp Super W season kicking off with rivals New South Wales Waratahs and the Queensland Reds going head to head. We've got Waratah and Wallaroo squad member Sarah Naguama on the line with us now. Sarah, firstly, thank you so much for coming on for a chat. To kick us off, can you tell a bit, um, tell us a bit about your childhood growing up and where your love for sport came from? Yes, well, thank you, Chloe and Millie, for having me. Um, so I basically grew up in a rugby league household. Um, 
a lot of my childhood actually was spent at the rugby park, but watching my brothers um, train and play. Um, and basically, I got plugged in um, to rugby in year 11 um, when Rugby Australia had announced that women's rugby sevens would be included at the Rio Olympics for the first time. So naturally, Australia went mad trying to scout talent from um, grassroots levels. So I got involved as a New South Wales schoolgirl, played there for two years, um, naturally fell of the age category and then was encouraged to join a 15s club. So in 2013, I went to Sydney University Football Club and a couple of years on from that, I'm still there and I'm playing <laughs> a lot of representative rugby. So um, yeah, that's in, in, in short how my rugby journey has started and continued. I'm interested to know how you went when you first started playing rugby. I've got memories of like learning to tackle on the beach and then I got out in the backyard with my brothers. Did you do the same thing? Like I literally put every piece of protective equipment on I could find and just told my brothers to run at me. Did you do something similar <laughs> with your brothers? I, mean, I don't think I was as tough as you, Chloe. No, <laughs> not, not at all. Um, we actually started uh, playing lounge room footy. So it was like my brothers would be on their knees and my sister and I could run like upright <laughs> on our legs. Um, and like great. it was always my second brother, Kevin, and my kid always be like, come on, girls, like, let's go, let's play some lounge room footy. And I used to be about it because I was a little bit of a tomboy, um, more so than my sister. And then basically when one of us would cry, he'd like put the like cushion over our mouth being like, please don't cry, like mom's going to scream at us. And we're never <laughs> cry anymore. Um, and then like, you know, Naturally, Kevin would just get screamed up by my mum for like just going a bit too rough on us. But um, no, it was like, yeah, it started out as lounge room footy and I guess that's where I gained a little bit of uh, toughness about me. I love that. So you are a part of the New South Wales Waratahs um, who have won the first three seasons of the Super W competition and are hoping to go for Pete. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience with the team and how preparation is ramping up for the game against Queensland this weekend? Yeah, being part of the New South Wales Waratahs is so special. Uh, for the first year, I actually wasn't involved in the program due to injury, but I remember going down to Allianz Stadium and watching the girls and they had such a thriller grand final against the Queensland Reds. And I just remember saying to myself, man, the next time the opportunity comes around, I'd want to like wear the blue jersey and I, I want to play with these girls because, you know, the girls on the field were the likes of Ash Hewson, Grace Hamilton, um, Elisabeth Batabasang, and these are like my friends. And I was like, man, how cool would it be to like represent our state on like this kind of platform? Um, so my first year was about two, this is my third season now, so I'm in first year. Um, and I've just loved every single minute of it. You know, undoubtedly there are hard days, but when I look at the girls that I get to train with and play with, it does make it all um, really special. How good. Uh, I got to come and visit the team during the week. Um, pretty exciting news that the New South Wales Waratahs girls will be wearing the Female Athlete Project Women Play Sports Tees in a, an exclusive Waratahs blue T-shirt in the warm-ups for your Super W games. Um, I loved coming in and, and having a chat with you guys, but... Something that really stood out to me is the way that you guys rock up a lot of you after a full day of work, some of the girls on the tools doing pretty intense jobs. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what a, a typical week looks like for you from a training perspective? Because this isn't something that you get to do um, as a professional athlete just yet. Yeah. Well, first of all, I just want to say I'm bloody excited that you guys have come on board to sponsor us with those t-shirts because I think it's absolutely incredible and I can't wait to actually wear these exclusive shirts and just flex it for the whole of Australia <laughs> to say, yeah. like, I'm so pumped. And I'm not even kidding. And this is why I was so excited, particularly when you told us that news at training is, I kid you not, that day I actually went onto the Female Athlete Project website to try and buy a shirt. But 
as you declare, I, it's all sold out. Yeah. So you said you're going to give us these exclusive T-shirts. I was absolutely stoked. Um, but in going back to your question, yes, so I work full-time. I'm currently employed by Sydney Uni Sport and Fitness. I work as a senior marketing and communications coordinator. Um, I work nine to five, as majority of the girls do in our squad, work full-time nine to five, Monday to Friday. We'll work at TARS HQ Monday, Wednesday, Thursday in the evenings and anywhere in the mornings or the afternoons where we need to get that extra gym session in or get our conditioning in or get recovery in. We're trying to find a way to to, to get it done because otherwise it just won't get done. It's a massive week. Oh, it's hectic. Like by the time Sunday comes around, I'm flat. Like, mm. I'm oh, I could imagine. Mm. Um, I'm so flat. But um, yeah, I guess we, we're here because we choose to be here. Oh, I'm I'm here particularly because I choose to be here, and I I love what sport has given me so far. But man, what a thought it would be to one day be full time professionals. Yeah, absolutely. During the week, you were a part of the Pacific Oz Sports Launch, wearing a yes. buyout tangerine suit. Yes, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Great. I loved it. Love a power suit. Love a power suit. Yes. Um, so this is a new program funded by the Australian government to support Pacifica athletes in pursuit mm-hmm. of the 2021 Tokyo Olympics. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, so it was a fantastic opportunity. Um, so basically, I've been doing some work with ABC and DFAT, uh, Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade, got in touch with me um, and the Australian Olympic Committee and said, you know, we are launching this program. We'd love you to come on board. I read, a little, read into it a little bit and I was like, man, like what an amazing opportunity to, I guess, be a part of this launch. But um, as you as you mentioned, um, the Pacific Gospel Program is funded by the Australian government and it's to help athletes in the pursuit of the Tokyo Olympics. Um, there are athletes from small islands and some of them I was able to meet that day, um, including the likes of state, for instance, Riley Caputin. She is a jumper. Um, she's representing PNG and through the funding of this program, it allows her to have access to a coach to be able to help her prepare as best as she can um, to represent on the world stage. She hasn't fully qualified for the game. She's got a couple more competitions to go through, but she's feeling quite optimistic about it. But it's just so great to see that Pacifica athletes can benefit from such a great program like Pacifica Sport and and be given the opportunity to represent at the highest level. That's really, really cool. Um, in July of this year, you may have the chance to get your first cap for the Australian Wallaroos with two test matches yes. against Samoa. What would it mean to you to officially wear the green and gold for the first time? Oh, Chloe, I just got goosebumps. <laughs> I have thought about that more. I've, yeah, I'm... I mean, the first thing is like at Super W having a really strong, um, I guess, performance throughout that um, being selected. But if I did get the opportunity, it would just mean so much. I mean, from when I was 17 years old, I've I've dreamt about being a Wallaroo and I've been so fortunate to be a part of it for the past two and a bit years. But if I got given the opportunity to don the green and gold run on, uh, it'll just mean the world. And it just, it kind of just come full circle, like small, you know, like a dream that you have from when you're a kid and then you're given the opportunity to do it. like. So I've dreamt of that moment so many times, um, but it would just be a, a genuine dream come true. It's really special. Um, thank you so much for coming on and having a chat. You're incredibly eloquent. I think you're such an amazing ambassador for the game, for female athletes, for Pacifica athletes. I think you're doing such an incredible job. have loved having a chat with you and cannot wait to watch you rip in this weekend up New South. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you, Millie and Chloe, for having me. You guys are sensational. And I just love that I got to come on your podcast today. Thank you so much for having a chat. <laughs>
Thanks, girls. Let's take a look at what to watch. In soccer, the Matildas take on number five Sweden on Wednesday, the 16th of June. Set the alarms for 2.45am on Wednesday to cheer the girls on. You can watch live on Fox Sports, KO, ABC and the My Football Live app. In swimming, the Aussie Olympic swimming trials continues until Thursday this week with the Olympic squad being announced on Thursday night. You can catch every second live on Prime Sport or if you're in Adelaide, head down to the SA Aquatic and Leisure Centre to watch all the action. And in rugby... The Bill Corp Super W kicks off this Saturday, the 19th of June. The Queensland Reds take on the New South Wales Waratahs at 1.30pm and the Brumbies take on the Melbourne Rebels at 3pm. You can stream both matches live on Stan Sport or head to rugby.com.au to get tickets to watch the games live. And that's the wrap. Thanks heaps for joining us to get your weekly hit of women's sports news. If you liked it, hit subscribe and send it on to one person you think could benefit from it. The wrap will drop every Tuesday morning wherever you get your podcasts to cover the big achievements, a favourite story and what to watch in the coming week. For my interviews with top female athletes, we're currently on a break and giving you a chance to catch up on all the eps for season one. Keep up to date on our Instagram at The Female Athlete Project for when we launch season two. See you next week, Chloe. See you then, Mills. You. You.